Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 253, and today we'll be talking about the trailer for Steven Universe the Movie. I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. And I'm David. There was everything in this trailer. <laughs> there is so much packed in here. Oh yeah. Everything except for Bendy's voice. Yes, although I we, we should have remembered last week when we talked about the possibility of the voice actress because we've heard the laugh since the teaser and the laugh doesn't sound like XJ9. So I don't think it's going to be Jenny from My Life as a Teenage Robot. I hear some people saying it sounds a little bit like Tara Strong doing her Harley Quinn voice. Oh, wow. Tara Strong would be a big name. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that because they listed off all the people like producing music and, and singing in this movie so far, why they're keeping this villain a secret. Like, I'm assuming the villain also sings something. Yeah, they gotta they gotta say yeah. something to keep the hype train rolling, you know? Yeah, well, and now we know the time frame is super small. September 2nd is crazy soon, and it's not even technically in fall. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, well, it depends on, depends on how you count fall. I mean, I, I expected something towards the end or even after fall, not like the very beginning of it. Yeah, this is exactly how you please fans. Anyway, I don't want to like ruminate on the release date, but it's awesome. So we have just barely a month and a half. So I'm excited to see what else they do to follow up on this trailer. But yeah, let's dig into this thing. So in the first scene, you see like Steven, he's talking to gems on another planet. And there are like two tiny gems in there. And I thought they looked kind of like the Heaven and Earth Beetles. Am I the yes. only one? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I definitely saw that too. Were those different than the aquamarines, or did I just misinterpret those? They look like different colored aquamarines, yeah. which makes me wonder. Um, I, I think I saw people assume that the heaven and earth beetles were barrels, and this mm. makes me think even more down the that line. Huh. Well, the scene that Alien World was uh, so tantalizing. We're skipping like two years of apparently Steven going around the cosmos. And mm-hmm. doing something to dismantle the Empire. There was a really weird note that he was doing some sort of last telebroadcast to all the, yeah. you know, homeworld controlled planets and saying, mm-hmm. all right, guys, we've taken down the rebel rousers who didn't listen to the diamonds and now we're done. Because I'm assuming the diamonds were in on it the whole time. I'm assuming, I, I don't think he's taking down any enemies. I think that when he says dismantling the empire, I think he means like getting it to a point where it's not an empire, getting, you know, structures in place that aren't, okay, do what the diamonds tell you to do. Right. I mean, that's a big mm. change. I wonder how much they're actually going to, I mean, obviously they're going to touch on it a little bit at the beginning of the movie because, I mean, what does this look like? I, I you know. I'm guessing, though, that none of the colonies they had were like the Earth colony, that none of the life that they've interfered with before was as sophisticated as humans, because that would be kind of weird to, like, throw in as we're, like, looking at these planets. But anyway, now we understand a lot more about the context of this two-year jump. And it's pretty weird, because it means that most of the plot of this movie is happening not even just on Earth, but apparently in Beach City. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the the fact that he's been spending the past two years dismantling the Empire just makes me, you know, even even more thinking that the most likely thing that's going to happen here is that this is a high-ranking gem who really is not very happy with the fact that they don't live in an authoritarian, <laughs> you know, kind of empire mm. anymore. She probably had it pretty good under the diamonds, and now she doesn't. Yeah. Seeing her powers, too, now really makes her look like a threat. Also, her design... 
now that we can, we didn't really see it in the poster, but the lines that she has yeah. coming out from her mm-hmm. eyes are, it was almost completely different. The movie poster almost makes her look a little more fun, but there is nothing fun about her appearance. Her colors are much oh. more muted and dark. And she is just angry every scene we see her, and she's basically flinging herself at the <laughs> at the crystal gems. I don't know. I I see remnants of a fun loving gem in there. I think she loves hurting people. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I think uh, back to we're talking about Harley Quinn again. I mean, there there's a little bit of Harley in there. It does fit the profile. Also, though, she's completely on her own in this, which I thought was pretty weird. Like. She has a giant injector, but other than that, she doesn't seem to be supported by anyone. Now, maybe that'll be different in the movie, but we kind of saw what looks like a lot of the time span of the movie, and uh, she's completely alone. So, like, there's going to have to be a pretty big excuse for why the diamonds aren't involved. Or also, why are the crystal gems the only one hitting them up head on? Like, where's everyone else that's supposedly living in the fledgling town? Like, are they fighting other Mm -hmm. things? No, did you see that when Stephen was there taking a selfie? That place was a ghost town. That was really striking to me. Well, and it looked like people were living there, like Bismuth had a, you know, yeah. what looked like a forge there. And we, we yeah. saw from the behind the scenes video, we saw that that thing that's in the poster is a windmill, of all things. Right, which mm. I almost looked at and I was like, wait, why don't windmills work that way anyway? It seems like it would catch a lot more wind. <laughs> but maybe the aliens just have it right. I mean, the, the the movie's going to have to explain somehow where the diamonds are in all of this. You know, it can't be like that Star Trek movie, the new Star Trek movie they did with Khan in it. And it's like, you got the Enterprise is orbiting Earth and under attack by an unknown craft and no one does anything about it. I mean, the diamonds are singing somewhere in this movie, right? Like all yeah. of them. So like, they gotta be singing about something. So if they're all singing like a... Uh... La-di-da, we're not on Earth, and we're just, like, messing around in space song. That'd be pretty strange. Oh, so, I know. They, they, they sent in a saboteur to get them singing, like, nine million cookie cats on the wall or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, I, yep, that's my headcanon right now. That's amazing. Yep, Uncle Grandpa makes his devious return. Uncle, no one, <laughs> no. no one is talking about how Uncle Grandpa no. could make his epic return in this movie. <laughs> I, I that's probably the whole reason. Forget rebooting Steven Universe for season six. You got to bring back <laughs> Uncle no. Grandpa at least three seasons in a movie. He needs revenge for Pizza Steve, <laughs> who died in this show. That's incredible. Yep. Speaking of death, mm. Stephen brings out the K word in this trailer. Kill. In case anyone was wondering what the K word was. They used the K mm. word. Which is pretty big because um, I don't know if this show's really talked ex- in explicit terms about death before, even though it's totally had the freedom to as a PG show on Cartoon Network. Yeah. I mean, people pointed out in Lars's head that he says, wait, you brought me back to life? That means I was away from life? <laughs> I feel like I reference Legend of Korra almost every episode these days, but it was crazy in that show how they had only a Y7 rating, and yet the maturity level increased to like on screen asphyxiation and like some pretty serious deaths, but the whole time they could only use words like defeat or, <laughs> you know, neutralize for people. <laughs> so when we kind of mentioned last week, is the tone of the show changing? I feel like between 
this enemy and man, just hearing Steven's voice, but then him also bringing out the K word, maybe Uh. things can be a little more, just slightly more mature. The stakes a little bit higher. I don't know. I don't think Steven has fully matured as a protagonist yet. He still doesn't seem to realize that he's a character in a cartoon yet. I mean, like, no one who knew they were a character in a cartoon would ever dare utter the words, I want everything to stay exactly like this and never change. Because we see it's in the same scene that Bendy shows up. She shows up, like, just as he finishes saying that. It's instant karma. It's amazing. Mm. And... Uh, super depressing for him but yeah so I, it looks too like the timeline of the movie is him wrapping up what he does in space and then visit comes and visits the town it looks like amethyst is sort of showing him that and then they end up relaxing on the beach and then they're attacked well you know at, there's a concert in between because you see the greg steven guitar duet so we think that all happens before. I guess they won't have it's, time. It's either afterwards. it either happens before Bendy shows up, or it's part of some celebratory concert after the fact. But everything is decidedly not messed up at the time. Remember, the Earth was also about to die, and Stephen was like teaching Peridot how to play the ukulele. So, like you know, they could play a concert in the middle well, of being attacked. No, it's a uh, but you have a blue sky in the background, none of the pink. That's probably mm. accurate. But then what? But all the fans want to see Steven and Greg fuse, and they're not going to fuse if they're not in danger at the moment. Hmm. I I would love to see them use the power of music, but as awesome as that would be, I don't think that's the the trick they pulled out this time. I know. Well, it's like fans for years have talked about like, oh, Jack Black would be such a perfect fit. But with this movie being a (laughs) musical of all things, and Jack Black, you know, for people who don't know, have a pretty big musical background and and while well, like to this day still like posts instagram videos and stuff but of him singing but like oh, man he would be such the perfect choice for this you could never have jack black voicing the steve and greg fusion if there was an enemy for for them to fight because then he would just inevitably start singing karate there's no way to write the <laughs> script where he does not start singing the song karate and i don't think that's cartoon <sighs> network appropriate no, but oh god, that would be so epic for their fusion to be like have karate as their main thing because that's not something any of the uh, fusions have had yet as like a fighting style. That would be so unique. Ugh. <laughs> and then they use it to kick the villain's butt. Yeah. Well. So again, we talked about the power level of this villain. Yeah, they're they're gonna have a lot to do. What do we think about the actual like? a plot mechanic of that it's just the biggest drill we've ever seen taking away life from Earth. Does that have any, like, interesting symbolic meaning for the, like, mission of this enemy? Hmm. Well, I haven't been able to come up with anything for the drill specifically, but Stephen's words in the trailer, I think, could very well have been meant to echo the feelings of, you know, this gem, because, you know, just this morning, everything was perfect. Why did everything have to change? I want my happily ever after back. And, you know, Steven is saying this in response to an angry gem coming to kill him and destroy his planet. And it's like, well, that would, again, very well be what a reactionary gem would be saying to Steven. Why did everything have to change? Things were so great for me. Yeah, I I think an echoing of how Steven feels would be a good setup. There's also... Well, so they released the entirety, a four-minute song, uh, Estelle 
true kind of love. It's like half instrumental though. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Which, that's going to be, that has interesting implications for if other songs are also longer in this movie because it's a movie and they have time to do it. But um, so in like the lyrics of that, well, even if you just look at the name true kind of love, and then we go back to the idea that uh, the villain gem is an upside down heart. I feel like there's some sort of also competing thing there too. Like if it's a defecting gem who just wants things to be the old way for the empire, is anything about what she's trying to do involve convincing other gems? Is Does it involve a competing idea of what love or loyalty means? I don't know if those are going to be competing ideas as well, but I have to feel like there's something there. When I was looking through, when I was listening to the lyrics, the the words that kind of jumped out at me were looking for someone to blame in the middle of fear and shame. Paraphrasing, if you know, if if my hypothesis is correct, it would be the the gem is you know kind of afraid of her future, maybe even a little ashamed of what she's done in the past, and so she points the finger at Stephen. You, you're the one. Yeah. You know, then this would point to a happy resolution to this, probably. I mean, because when he climbs up onto the top of that drill at what looks like the final confrontation, she's not there ready to go. She is kneeling on the ground, facing away from him, almost exactly like Pearl was in Rose's Scabbard. And, you know, you saw she was crying, ready to break down at that moment. But Steven's approach this time is we hear an audible, like, knuckle crack as he, like, clenches his fist, which is awesome. (laughs) <laughs> He's also singing true kind of love as he climbs the drill. So Yeah, so what do all those things mean? <laughs> I don't think that this movie is going to end in a big final showdown like, you know, would only be appropriate on top of a doomsday machine you have your epic battle, but I I think it's going to be at that point that he convinces her that you just have to let go of the past. I that's that's kind of what I see the trailer saying right now. Maybe I'm seeing what I want to see, I don't know. Yeah, no, I do think the resolution is probably not going to end with Steven, you know, shatter punching her. That probably won't be it. But um, I also just thought when you were mentioning this like doomsday device, we aren't thinking of the fact that as an injector, you know, we ca- talked about how she's alone. Injectors usually draw life in order to create gems. Is that her purpose here? Is she... Because she's not just trying to necessarily just destroy the earth or destroy organic matter or kill Steven. She might actually be like dual purpose, trying to create gems that are subservient to her or fulfill her cause. Does that sound right? One musing I've seen is that she is there specifically to create a brand new pink diamond. Oh, wow. All the power of Earth's organics to create one new super being. Mm. That could be the case. I think it's an interesting idea, especially if she wants everything back. Yeah, I mean, because she would, as a pink gem, probably have been under pink diamond. So replacing her leader makes sense. And her anger specifically at Steven would make sense. All right, so how about that scene where Connie kisses Steven on the cheek? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first of all, animation-wise, because I had to keep, like, you know, I was, like, mashing my space bar rapidly to pause and play to, like, look at the frames of just every part of this trailer. That scene has so much going on with how Connie's face look as she approaches and kisses Steven, immediately reacts to kissing him with this, like, really satisfied face and then moves to like this sort of embarrassed blushing but happy as she like walks away and it all happens in like 
two seconds, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of yeah. detail there. And I liked how it was preceded by Stevens talking about like, I'm happy to see my friends again. And it cuts immediately <laughs> to Connie hugging Steven. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> this ain't just <laughs> friends. Yeah, I just really hope that any of the people say, oh, no, Connie and Steven aren't going to end up in a relationship together. I mean, I hope they don't take this too hard because it was kind of obvious that this <laughs> um, was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't on the mouth, which is obviously what real relationships are. But, uh, you know, it's getting you know. somewhere. Also, seeing older Connie is kind of funny because unlike Steven growing a neck, older Connie <laughs> wasn't as shocking. It's just kind of like exactly what you'd expect. 14-year-old Connie to like Steven has a lot of growing up to do. Steven, Steven had, was already operating on like a four to six year deficit. And <laughs> That's true. People thought he was eight. <laughs> so, you know, he's not only filling through that deficit, he's also got two more years to grow into. Yeah. Well, and, you know, he's like 16. Connie's still, I guess, 14 and a half. So, you know, she hasn't quite hit the like teenage Tall girl stage tallness. Yet. Yeah. I, I, I guess I have to mention this because everyone else, well, not everyone else, but several people are pointing out Steven's old enough to drive now. <laughs> not yes. that that ever stopped him before. I mean, are we, mm. I want him to get the cookie cat mobile, but I think that ship has sailed for Steven. I mean, he can afford. He has Lion. His, his dad can afford yeah. a car for him, but he already has Lion and stuff and he can just jump around. Yeah, that's He can jump good. True. So. Yeah, I was just wondering, why would Steven really need a car? He has Lion already. He has the spaceship. And he already has a job. It's not like he needs to drive to work. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like, you know, one of the guardians of light, man. Full-time work. Yeah. He probably has a spaceship or something. Yeah, he's got the spaceship. He's got the warp pads. He's got Lion. I mean, you can't cruise through Beach City downtown on Lion, but... Well, I mean, you can, but he, he wants a lot of Lion liquors for that one. There would be a lot of romantic energy behind a scene with Connie and Steven just like driving in a car downtown Beach City or heading mm-hmm. out of the city. But I no. don't think we're getting that <laughs> in the movie. But that is interesting that like Steven having a car definitely makes him feel even more like an almost adult. But but we don't, we don't know. I want to know where all the gems in that new gem city are, though. Yeah, I mean, they really withheld, I mean, maybe just for the trailer, they were withholding gems, but you'd think they'd be, mm-hmm. like, standing out and about in the middle of the day and not, like, hanging yeah. out indoors. They they could have just removed those layers from the animation, keep it a surprise, because... I mean, that'd be a pro move. I they, don't know. I don't, I feel like they haven't ever done that before, but also it feels like this trailer and their general promotion for this thing is a lot higher class than... Yeah. You know, previous attempts at promoting this show where they just throw out spoilers. They're getting a lot savvier at their social media stuff. That's that's why I'm giving them credit to think that they're probably withholding the voice actress for uh, the villain who I have been calling Bendy for obvious <laughs> reasons. Um, but Bendy's voice actress, they've been withholding that. And I think that they're doing that so that they can, again, get a new hubbub going a few weeks from now. Yeah. Which is great. Perhaps. In previous years, you know, the San Diego Comic-Con, they they would only release what they did there under extreme duress, you know, after fans (laughs) had already been putting bootlegs of it online. And they're like, okay, fine, I guess we should direct this to our channel. Whereas this time, they're (laughs) like, oh, no, we have it ready to go now. We're we're good. I mean, I'm sure they were trying to create some sort of demand and stuff. Like, they know probably what they're doing, but I definitely like this strategy more, where we just get what we want. 
Yeah, it's the one that's like, hey guys, here's our marketing material. You want to see it, right? Here you go. <laughs> so you mentioned Bendy. Man, ever since Rebecca had talked about, I, I had seen her talking about how she loved animating Peridot's fingers and how she made sure to like get in one last time and do those custom frames before she lost her ability enhancers. It is just so awesome to see this crazy flexible character who can just do basically anything they want to draw. I mean, they've had that capability with like Garnet's shape shifting before, which is the closest we've seen to like bendiness. But this is just so it's like what I love about OKKO's animation, the just ability to kind of do whatever you want, which the gems have always had the capability to do, but the show hasn't really pushed the envelope that hard before. I mean, Amethyst has finally found her match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Amethyst, they'd always get unique models out of her. But I feel like they didn't do a lot of complexity with, like, frame-by-frame animation. This definitely has that feel of, like, when everybody was shocked when Steven fused with himself at the end to change your mind. And it was like, oh, that felt like a very custom animated scene. They brought James Baxter in for it. Right. Super important. This isn't James Baxter, but it is very fluid in a way that stands out but in compared to that where it was like a scene that stood out this is more like helps create an intimidating force behind whenever you see her attacking i mean she's very unique i I love just where she the trailer makes it look like she's just throwing people around like they have that where she grabs pearl and then immediately after they have a shot where she's throwing steven up into space (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're like having a battle in the air at one point that just oh yeah you can kind of see checkmate you know right there yeah i man this fight is going to be very interesting because straight up alexandrite is formed and it's like how does this Mm -hmm. i mean i guess she can bend out of the way and stuff but like how is she landing hits and making like stopping alexandrite because she's not really enlisting the help of any robotic help either like the drill is the only thing she has she's got Nothing but her own gem. Steven's all alone at the end. Yeah, how? I mean, mm. it looks like Opal is also formed too. We see. Oh, she better be. Yeah. I saw that. I need mm. my Opal. It's so obvious, right? They're like falling, clearly like about to fuse. And then they show a big light, you know, explosion in the warehouse, the distribution center. I mean, they were separate shots, but I feel like they were together showing a narratively cohesive thing it, that may it, it's just like with grabbing pearl and throwing steven that is not literally the sequence of events but it's communicating a message yeah and i mean man we've been hopeling for so long <laughs> and i think this is the time to get a full music number out of opals i mean we we have amy man in the music credits yes so again it would be a shame not to let her sing just pay her to sing i understand that a lot of these people have a little bit of a paywall but I think they're bringing out all the stops. They brought in Chance the Rapper. They better pay Amy Man to sing. <laughs> I know. Yep. I wonder if we're going to get that song too before it actually releases. Or if that's going to be a same day. I was really impressed with the fact that they did a same day release with the trailer of True Kind of Love. And it's like you would almost believe it was just a solo from like a single EP from Estelle or whatever. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to hear what how Chance contributed. But yeah. Uh, we're all excited. Can't wait. September 2nd. <laughs> oh, yeah. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Just gonna set my clock. So, I, I was wondering, uh, you know, I've, I've always been saying that I really want this, this gem to be a Morganite. 
I've seen other people saying, like, maybe she's either a failed or a backup pink diamond. I'm not so sure about that. But here I have an off-the-wall idea for you guys. What if Bendy is, in fact, a natural garnet? What? Or garnet not from a fusion? Well, that would Um... really support the idea of these, like, competing ideas of love and make it really personal for garnet. I like that idea. When I'm watching the trailer, there's that scene where she lunges at Garnet and Amethyst grabs Steven and pulls him out of the way. But not because she's attacking Steven, just because he's in between her and Garnet. And then they like they, they like lock they lock hands and there's that minor shockwave. And I'm like, she's beelining right for Garnet, not for Steven. So that would it'd be interesting if this was in fact a Garnet, not a Borgonite. Yeah, I mean, more than likely, she's not just a one-off gem. Because if she is, then that puts her in some sort of special class of gem that we currently only understand, like, the diamonds, basically, to exist in. So, yeah, if she was a natural garnet, that'd create a lot of tension there. I don't know how much the movie... That feels like kind of a split focus, though. Like, if she's going to be a garnet, and there's going to be all that to deal with with garnet, but then she also has a vendetta against Steven... Then that kind of puts Pearl and Amethyst to the side. But, I mean, maybe it wouldn't have to be that significant. Maybe it could just be like, oh, wow, that's a garnet. Okay. Well, I mean, if Pearl and Amethyst are off to the side, that would explain why they feel the need to pull Opal out for her own song. I mean, that does sort of maybe fit. I don't know. I mean, you can't give everyone all the shine in every movie. Even though I think Pearl should be the main character. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting that this movie featured, I mean, the trailer features like just the crystal gems besides what we see at the very beginning. And, you know, where we last left off on this show, there was a whole bunch of gems on Earth. So I wonder how much they really get to be involved in the plot of this. Like if there's somehow maybe other injectors across the planet that we're going to see them defending, which is why they're not in Beach City, or if they just happen to disperse. But since they have a town, I'm assuming they're around. Yeah, they should be right up there at the barn. They have a warp pad that could they could be in Beach City in 30 seconds. Well, and I mean, we see that Bismuth and Lapis and Peridot are all hanging around, and Peridot is as literal and blunt as ever <laughs> in this. Yeah, like, she, she, she mistakes Steven's shock for lack of comprehension. Classic Peridot. Yeah. Her delivery is, like, that has got to be the bluntest Peridot has ever been, and just also oblivious of the delivery of her words. I really like where her characterization has gone to this level. She's like one of those characters. Peridot, use your cards. (laughs) Use your interacting with other people cards. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, she's not that concerned. She is an organic life, I guess. There can't be a Camp Pining Hearts reboot without humans. (laughs) You can't just do like in Saints Row 4 and say, okay, Peridot, since I'm the last human alive, I guess I grant you rights to create official works of Camp Pining Hearts. (laughs) I mean, I guess he could do that. Like, he is Pink Diamond, so that means Earth is his colony. I guess he could do that. He could do a Saints Row 4. You know, it's amazing that Peridot ever cared about defending the Earth before she saw Camp Pining Hearts. Like... (laughs) (laughs) She, she she did see that before she started caring about Earth. Uh, before she saw that, she was only helping to save her own life. Oh my gosh. Is that actually what has been her whole motivation the whole time then? Has that been like... 
the <laughs> precious resources that she's wanted to protect the whole time has never been any of the organic life? That's what I thought she was talking about. I thought she was talking about the ability of the Earth to produce culture. Like <laughs> Camp Finding Hearts. That's, that's what I always thought she talked about, exploiting Earth's unique resources. I don't think in that case, like, is the right word to use. I think it's exactly Camp Finding Hearts. I don't know if she has any other <laughs> any other obsession except that one. Yeah, I, I mean, we've seen Lapis reading manga, so maybe she shows some of that to Peridot? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I mean, Lapis probably got the manga from Amethyst. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how into manga Lapis is. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, trailer dropped. We have a lot of guessing to do. We only have a month and a half to wait. So, I mean, I did not expect it to be this soon. No, and does that mean, you know, much like Adult Swim is trying to push the, like, follow-up to Rick and Morty Season 4 right up with Season 5, how soon are they going to push Season 6? If this is going to be a really big, like, hey, get as many people as possible focused on the fact that Steven Universe is coming back on Cartoon Network, it'd be really exciting if they uh, announced right after the movie aired in the credits. And season six starts just a few weeks yeah. from now. They, they better do that regardless, yeah. but we'll see. We'll see how serious they are about rejuvenating Steven Universe if they start giving it proper reruns rather than, you know, the 6 a.m. to 6.15 a.m. <laughs> slot. Ah uh, yes, please. Yeah, because if you wanna, if you want people to watch the movie, you gotta catch them up on the series again, and you gotta do that in the same time slot the movie's gonna air. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just wonder production wise when they were talking in the behind the scenes so much about how much effort they were putting into this movie and you know how they wanted to be so cinematic. Like, did they fit in their production schedule <laughs> the time to produce season six episodes? that's probably part of what took the movie so long to come out is they also had to work on the follow-up yeah i mean that'll be interesting if we get episodes in the fall versus the regular you know january first week episodes of steven universe that we historically get but we'll see but the movie will be awesome anyway oh yeah oh yeah anyway guys that's been us on the trailer for steven universe the movie join us next week until then i'm gc13 I'm Isabel. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.